The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 707 and welcome to Wednesday evening. Yeah, Employment Law Show is ready to go. We hope you are as well. Simple way to... uh, Get involved in the show every time we do it. Just pick up a phone, have your opinion, join the conversation. We'd love to talk to you, answer your questions, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way you do that. You want to reach out, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, right here, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP is what uh, Lior Sanfiru runs. He is part of it, the founder. It is the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. That, uh, that particular category is uh, filled with some worthy competitors, but you guys are at the top. You can Google that. Look at your Google reviews. You will find that out across the country. So pretty cool stuff right there. We've got a lot of stuff to get through uh, today, Lior. As you know, the phone calls included and answering recent questions you got from your clients about termination and severances will clear up a lot of uh, misinformation tonight uh, for sure throughout the show. But again, 416-870-6400, the number to pick up the phone and call in right now what's going on pal hey john you know the flagship show that's that's what's going on we we do the the employment law show a number of times and you know you can see us on radio and on tv but this is the show right here wednesday evening that we've been doing for a very long time and the reason we've been doing it for a long time is we always get a lot of questions people want to know people want to understand their rights so this is another one of those nights. Call us right now with your questions, with your issues, whatever those are in the workplace. Maybe uh, you, you're trying to get back to work after a layoff and your employer now changed their mind. Can they do that? Do you want to uh, understand your options? Well, hey, no worries. Call us right now. Maybe you have questions relating to the new restrictions that the government has implemented, how they impact you working from home. Call us with those questions. If you lost your job, are worried about losing your job, your workplace is closed, they're cutting costs, uh, costs, restructuring, whatever the workplace issue is, the question is, now's the time, now's the uh, place. Just pick up the phone, you get on air, I'll talk to you and answer your questions. And of course, I can guarantee you that whatever question you have, there are dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people right now listening, probably with the same question. So when I speak to you and help you, you'll be helping them as well. Of course, you can also reach out and connect with me off air. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show. All right. Out of the way, mm-hmm. that stuff. Now let's get going here. Let me talk about a couple of situations that I, I saw. Now, uh, certainly one of the biggest things I've been dealing with over the past week is with respect to the government's regulation, stay at home, essential workplaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and employees wanting to work from home. So I've got a lot of questions from people wanting to know about, what well, can my employer refuse to allow me to work from home? Uh, I actually spoke earlier today with someone who wanted to work from home, uh, thought she could, you know, she was doing a computer-type job. Her employer initially refused and eventually said, well, okay, we're going to compromise. You can work from home three days a week, but we want you to come in two days a week. Okay. Uh, and... They wouldn't change that. They said, no, that's the only option, no other option. So she called me, and she wanted to know, do I have to do that? Is my employer right? Or can I insist on working from home five days a week? So if this was a conversation that we had had over a week ago, I would have said, you can't do much about it. Your employer is allowed to have you work 
inside the workplace. But that changed. The, gov- the government of Ontario has implemented a temporary measure that now says that if you are able to do your job from home, if you can do it properly from home, your employer has to allow you to work from home. You have to work from home in that situation. So this particular employer, if in fact she's able to work from home, has to allow her to, to do that. They can't say, well, we don't want to, it's not fair, it's not good. They have to allow her to work from home. Now, if she can't properly do her job, if there's a real reason as to why her employer needs her in the office because otherwise her job wouldn't be properly done, fine. That employer may be able to insist on having her in the office. But otherwise, no, that's wrong. So what we've decided is that I'm going to send her employer a note uh, reminding them of their obligations, giving them a bit of a push so that they back off and allow her to work from home. Well, same thing with you. You can now work from home if your job can be done from home, if it can be done remotely. Uh, At least until the government lifts these orders, that's the, the way it is and your employer cannot refuse. If your employer refuses, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. It could potentially be a constructive dismissal. I can help you. There are consequences for the employer refusing. So remember, you can now work from home if you're able to do your job that way. Look, if you want a conversation with Lior and his team uh, outside of the hour of the radio show, that's easy as well. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, plenty of time for you to call into the show. Plenty of lines open. Bring it on. Your conversation is always part of it. 416-870-6400. Sonny, thank you for standing by. How are you tonight? Not too bad. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. What's so up? I've got a question. Uh, so I'm on uh, short-term disability right now. Uh, you know, got some issues with um, depression, anxiety. Um, and some of that was caused by the employer, uh, the work environment situation. And some was personal. And my question is... Um, are there any, uh, so let's say um, I don't, let's say when I'm ready to sort of like come back to work, I don't want to come back to this employer. Is it uh, more difficult to get a settlement to exit the company uh, what, when you're on disability? Or is there, are there strategies to make that happen? Because I've been here for 18 years, so that's a lot of potential. Uh, like if I just quit, like I, I'm probably giving up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. that's my question. So, so th- there's only two ways you would get severance. The first one is if the company decides to let you go, uh, and obviously in that situation, uh, if they decide to let you go, they have to pay you severance after 18 years. Yeah, that's a very substantial amount, 16, 18, 20 months of, of pay, probably what you'd be owed. The other way is if uh, they either refuse to accommodate you, right, when you're coming back to work, if you need accommodation, modified duties, etc., or if you can show that the work environment is so poisoned that it's not possible to go back to work. That's right. not going to be easy to do, that, that second thing. Uh, but if you can show, look, because of these circumstances, uh, if I go back to work, I'm going to be right back on disability again, then yeah, you may be able to get severance. But right. that's not easy. It's certainly, if you say, I can go back to work employer, but I need... Uh, I need modified hours, for example, because I'm not yet 100%. And they say, too bad, we're not going to do that. Call us when you're ready to go back at 100%. If that's what they do, that is not only a human rights violation, that is also a a termination. 
So right. a few things to so, consider, but generally, if you simply decide, you know what, I don't feel like going back, that is that is a resignation, and you wouldn't be getting severance in that situation. I see. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Sonny. Appreciate that. You want to reach out? Uh, you can do so. I'm going to give you a number to have a further conversation because you still like, still seems like you're, you know, you're, you're grinding some gears there, thinking of some, uh, some questions. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and for you as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. Okay, round two of uh, of week that was. What else you got uh, in your mind, pal? Another matter uh, that came up actually earlier today. Uh, I spoke with a, a gentleman who, uh, for years and years and years, I think over 20 years, worked the same shift with his employer, 8 to 4, been doing it for years. His employer recently told him, I don't know if it was COVID-related or not, it doesn't really matter, but they said, we need to change that shift. Now you're going to have to work 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Now, other than the fact that it's a huge change, if you've been working day shifts for all these years, he also has a sick wife at home. He has care for his wife during the, the morning and the early afternoon, but not in the evening. So he's at home taking care of her every evening. And now if he's going to have to work evenings, he wouldn't have care for his wife. So even before he spoke to me, he did the right thing. He sent his employer a note saying, you know, I, I can't do this. I have my wife. I have to care, take care of her. And the response back from the company, uh, you know, to paraphrase was too bad. You have right. to do it anyway. Uh, we expect you to start that new shift next week. So, of course, that's when he called me. So even if we put the, the issue with his wife aside for a second, his employer is not allowed to change that shift, not to that extent. Going from 8, uh, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. to 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. is a massive change. His employer cannot do that. That's a constructive dismissal. Same applies to you, whether it's COVID-related or not. If your job or, or hours, if your shift changes in a significant way, that's a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a termination. But the wife issue here, the, the sick wife, makes it even more problematic for the employer. They have to accommodate his family obligations. He has a sick wife. He has to take care of her. And the only way he can take care of her is by working that particular shift. They said, too bad. We expect you to work a different shift. That's a failure to accommodate, which means it's also a human rights violation. Your employer may well have to accommodate your family obligations. And if they don't, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. So I'm going to help this person get this resolved, no problem. But there's important lessons there about not being able to have your shift changed and, of course, accommodation if you have family responsibilities. And it's not as if he was even asking for the shift change. Hey, can you move me from, you know, to, to 2 to 10 so I can take care of my wife and it's an obligation to so accommodate me? He was already doing the shift he's on. He doesn't want to leave it. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're the ones yeah. that are essentially changing it in a way that's going to prevent them from being able to take care of his wife. So, so it, it's doubly bad. You're absolutely right. It's wrong. It's illegal. And I, I would have told him initially, do the same thing. Send a note to your employer. Make sure they, they yep. understand why you can't do it. You know, let's resolve it that way. Well, I was very surprised to see their response. Now I'm going to get involved, and it is what it is. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, fantastic website. As we go to break, have a look at it. It's anonymous and free. There's a way to get in touch there as well. There's also one eight five five eight two one. 5900, that's the phone number to get a hold of Leora here. And now they'll get tons of time and lots of room to call in and have your say, answer your questions. 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome back. Yep, 721. That is the number, 416-870-6400 to call in now. Ask your questions. Got lots of lines open, so feel free. Don't hesitate. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address, by the way. And I uh, want to get into this, some recent questions. Uh, you've got Lior from clients about termination and severance. Just going to rip these off. We're going to go through them. First one is this. How long can my employer keep me on a layoff? This might be the most popular question in the last 45 weeks. It, it has been. I have literally, yeah. I, I mean, I wish I would have counted, but I, I would have, I don't think I have enough time in the day to actually count how many times I've been yeah. asked that. Uh, it is the biggest question, and the pro, the whole premise of the question is actually wrong, because the premise of that question is that my employer can lay me off, I just want to know for how long. Well, no, the premise is wrong because your employer cannot actually, or does not have the right to lay you off to begin with. We're talking, of course, about non-union employees. For a non-union employee, even during COVID-19, an employer does not have an automatic right to temporarily lay you off. Not at all. Not for a month, not for two or three or any other time. If you've been laid off temporarily, you can choose to treat that as a termination of employment. You don't have to wait. There's no minimum time that you have to wait for that. You can choose to treat that as a termination and get severance. The other option is you don't do that and you wait, in which case, at least here in Ontario, you could be waiting until about March of 2022, so another year plus. So that is not a great option to have. So when someone tells me how, or asks me, how long can my employer keep me on a layoff, the answer is they can't at all. So if you are on a layoff and you don't want to be on a layoff or, or you want to move on and get your severance, you can. Reach out to me. Let's speak. Connect with me by phone, by email, whatever you want. I'll help you do that. It's not complicated, so you cannot be kept on a layoff. 416-870-6400 is the number. Use it. Call it. Eric, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I've got a question. I'm an employer. I have an employee who was laid off in March of last year. We recalled them in September. Uh, They never came back to work. Instead, they provided us with a medical note indicating they were under physician care. I've since received three different notes from three different doctors. I'm just wondering if there's any recourse or if there's any direction that I could uh, take with regards to it Um, or if I have to honor the medical leave and stand by twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly unfortunate when you have this situation where the employee is on this leave and you don't know whether they're going to come back. I take it there's no date right now that you've been given as to when the employee is coming back? Every time the date comes up, I ask them what they are planning and I get a new note from a different doctor. Right, I understand. Now, because there's been several doctors and because... Uh, it, the date keeps changing. You actually may be in a situation where you can require or, or, or you know, demand that the employee see a doctor that that you hire some sort of an expert to review his situation and give you some guidance. The other thing you can do is is put his doctor's feet to the fire by asking specific questions, not about the medical condition, 
but about, you know, is there a job that he can do with accommodation? Uh, how long is he expected to be off? What limitations does he have? Uh, when will he have, uh, you know, more accurate information? Because uh, it's easy for a doctor to just handwrite some note. If you actually ask for that information, you may be able to, to get the doctor to say, well, okay, I can't go that far. Now you're on your own employee. So that may be an option. The other option is this. If you think that this employee is kind of a, a malingerer, doesn't want to work, there's kind of the, the, the nuclear option, which is uh, you can hire a private investigator to actually follow this person and see if, you know, while they're supposed to be working or, or are supposed to be sick, they're out there running errands, they're out there, uh, you know, I don't know, jogging or going to the gym. And, you know, there's no gym right now, but you know what I mean? Because yeah. if you can find out that that's what they're doing, you say, well, wait a second, clearly you're lying. Now I have cause to let you go. So you can't ignore the doctor's orders unless you have proof that they're false. You can demand a, a, a third opinion from someone that, that you hire. You can ask more information from the doctor or potentially you can do that surveillance that I've talked about. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, pal. You want to move on and you want to uh, have a further conversation with Lior or a member of his crew? That's easy. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, it's 416-870-6400. Corey, thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? Good, good, guys. Great job, as always. Um, so I have an upcoming legal question. I, I've seen uh, Lior's uh, written documentation online and so forth in this regard, but... I wanted to ask about the legal obligations of the vaccine coming up. Uh, I've been looking into this with my doctor, and I can't for medical reasons. It looks like take the mRNA vaccine, so I have to wait for like maybe a Johnson and Johnson vaccine or so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in uh, outside sales, so I deal with customers. Event well, not right now, but eventually, I'll be dealing with uh, customers um, outside the office. Um, I am going to uh, not be forced to take a vaccine from my employer. I've been there for 25 years. Um, what are what are my legal? Uh, I'm still going through my doctor, and I may also get a lawyer in this regard uh, because they haven't said anything yet. Because obviously, there's no vaccines to really uh, to get right now. But um, how should I approach that? And I mean, um, I have other considerations, but I am dealing through my doctor at this stage with this situation in advance right right well here's the thing it's it's one of those uh, you know new areas because we've never had a, a global pandemic and such a vaccination campaign but bottom line is your employer is not going to be able to require and mandate that you get a vaccine they're not uh and, and that's not something they're going to be able to do but there's a, a practical issue here which c- can cause problems and that is let's say your customers Tell your employer that uh, we don't want to work, we don't want to meet with anyone that has not been vaccinated. Your employer may say, well, you know, I'm certainly not mandating this, but they're not allowing me to send you over there. So I can either, you can either sit not working, go on a leave or get the vaccine. That's not my doing. That's the customer's doing. That complicates things, right? Uh, In that situation, because it's not your employer's fault. So we'd have to kind of cross that bridge if we get to it. If that happens, I mean, I'm speculating, but your employer is not going to be able to mandate that you get a vaccine. That's just not going to be able to to to, to happen. 
Yeah, and the second part of the question is, I'm willing to take the rapid test once a week or twice a week when it comes out to show that I'm negative uh, as an alternative to the vaccine. So I'm willing to uh, do anything I can to accommodate the situation in the meantime until a vaccine perhaps that I, I'm willing to take and my doctor, uh, you know, with with medical advice says is would be uh, sufficient for me to take in this regard for my own uh, medical premise. So at the end of the day, if I'm willing to take the either the rapid test or the PCR test once a week, uh, it would that be um, you know accommodation that the company would have to accept? But remember, the issue is not the company, right? Uh, the company, even even if you didn't want to do that that rapid test, uh, rapid test, I'm sorry, your employer can't really do anything to you. The problem is is, is the customers. The problem is those that uh, customers or clients that you, you you're servicing. What are they going to do and what are they going to demand from your employer? And, and if they say, hey, I, we, hey if, as long as uh, John gets a rapid test, we're fine, great. If they say, we, we won't talk to John unless he's been vaccinated, then you're in a difficult situation. So the problem is not going to be the employer here. The problem potentially is going to be the customers. So, yeah, so if my employer, like, they're getting aggressive already by saying we'd like you to get vaccinated, it's extremely important. So they're, they're starting the... Uh, communication protocol um you know campaign already really wrapping it up and uh, i expected that so it's good to i i'm really because i've seen other law people in toronto uh go on the financial post i won't say who it is but it's a lawyer particularly who who's put out a, a document just a couple of days ago that said absolutely your employer could fire you uh, rhymes rhymes with Schmevit, uh, but uh, <laughs> he's very aggressive in this regard and, uh, yes so no. I, I don't know how he can come out and be so positive in this regard when the either the legal framework isn't settled and when we're out of this and the emergency uh, part of it is lifted, are we going to uh, also be under the mandate of the Charter more or less more than when we are under the Emergency Act? Right, right. Well, listen, at the end of the day, all I could do, all he could do, all anyone could do is give you our best analysis, right? Our best assessment based on our legal knowledge. And for me, you've said that I've said it to you. I've put it in writing. I've said it many times. All I can tell you is your employer is not going to be able to mandate a vaccine. Uh, and if they do, give me a call. John, you are up next. And thanks for hanging on. How are you? Not so bad. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay, I got a question regarding about this uh, COVID-19. Uh, I'm a truck driver. I go to my customer pickup. Uh, normally, I go inside the building, but now they want me to sign this form. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, the COVID-19 checklist form. Uh, yeah. Whether you're out of yeah, whether you're out of country, blah blah blah, and so on. And they want my number to write that down too, in case someone in the building exposed. Uh, and uh, and they will help Canada call me to inform me, right? And I spoke to the customer that what if I just sit in my truck? You have my phone number. I have a phone number. Call me when the load's ready, and I will just uh, pull the truck forward towards the door. Now, my question is that if they insist me to be in the building and I deny that, what are my rights on that as my, as a and, as a truck driver, like, uh, you think my employer able, like, will they fire me? So, so what, they would deny because you don't want to co complete the form? Yeah, I say it's just for my own protection. It would be safe. My, that's why I just sit in my truck. You call me on my phone when it's ready. My load is ready. I'll pull, I'll pull forward, close the door. 
Yeah, listen, if you can do your job without going in the building, uh, yeah. you really can't be punished for that. Now, if there's a, a reason, I, obviously I don't know your job, but if there's a reason why to, to be able to properly you do your job, you have to be in the building, well, maybe. But especially these days, uh, especially with the, the uh, caution, the precautions that the government is taking and the uh, warnings that the government is giving, I can't see any situation where if you're sitting safely in your truck, you can get penalized for that. So I think you're absolutely fine. But again, it depends really on what your job requires. Uh, if you want to have a, a chat about that privately, happy to. But to me, it sounds like you should be absolutely fine to stay in your truck. Okay, so well, as for now, I'm still trying to talk with my employee and let them know that this is the case. Because I do go to my other customers and they require me to sit in my truck, not to come in the building. But as for this one particular customer, they say, oh, no, you've got to sign the form and come in and open your door. Right. And I say, well, I'm trying to protect myself here and I'm trying to protect you guys too, right? Sounds reasonable to me, uh, John. It really does. So I, I don't think you have a problem. If you feel that your employer is, is unhappy with that, if they're threatening, if they're making demands, before you do anything, call me. Okay, let's have a chat about that. I can get involved if I need to. But it sounds to me like you're absolutely right. John, appreciate the call, and uh, you want to carry on, you know how, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900 is how you do that, and help at employmentlawyer.ca, just getting a couple more calls uh, lined up here, and we'll have them on in, uh, in just a minute, but we were talking some of the most recent questions you've got, Lior, that probably people listening to the show have in their mind as well. Another one is this, uh, you know, when Lior gives an assessment of a person's severance, how accurate is that assessment? And is it, quote unquote, the law? Yeah, you know, because one of the things I've done thousands of times on this show, and I do thousands and thousands more, uh, you know, when I do consultations with clients, is I assess what the severance is that they're owed. And I often get asked, well, is this your opinion? Is it view or is it actually the law? So let's be very clear. My opinion on any of these things don't, don't, doesn't matter, right? It's not about me. It's not about what I think. It's about what the law says. So everything I say is based on legal principles, especially when it comes to severance. So when I assess severance, I assess what your legal entitlements are. So if I assess you as being owed 20 months severance as an example, that is what the law provides for you. Uh, so it's not an opinion, and it is accurate, and it is the law right uh and it's my job if you haven't been given what you wrote to get it for you but the assessment itself is not difficult uh the main factors of course are your age your position and the length of your employment and you can be your own employment lawyer you can assess right now how much severance you're owed all you have to do is go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca you can in seconds find out how much you're owed. Uh, you don't even have to call me if you don't want to. Just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Get to another call. Got uh, Darius on the line. Darius, how are you? Good evening. I'm good, thank you. Great. So What's I'm on your bit, mind? I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, so I do apologize. Um, nah, no worries, man. No worries. I, I have a question about um, being an employee with a company without a contract and then um, the job being uh, a temporary layoff, um, uh, you know, two years into the position. Okay. So I started uh, my car. I was working for a company, and um, in October of 2017, uh, we decided to open a new position in the company. Um, 
and um, I ran that 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 uh, new position uh, throughout 2019. In April of 2019, I was approached by my director, and he he told me that they would be doing a temporary layoff of my position uh, because there was something happening at the at the actual company itself, and that come October, when everything settles, I would be reinstated. So. Still there? If you, if you just need a few months, then fine. Um, but uh, that has never that has never been reinstated. Reinstated, and uh, I'm sitting in limbo trying to figure out uh, what my options are. So, how long have you been off work? Um, well, in in July of 2019, my my that this particular position. Uh, started its temporary layoff. So you've been off work so, since July 2019. It's a complicated situation. It's a it's a let's just say it's a college where um, I was also uh, a, an instructor. Okay. And this extra position, this other position, was an administrative position that I was uh, granted on top of my instructor uh, position. And so when this position uh, vanished. Um, I was just an instructor again, so I'm not technically unemployed. It's just so you you still work there, just not you're not doing the position you did back back then. Correct. I see. So okay, that that's very different because so what happened back in 2019 is they did something they weren't allowed to do, which was they you know you had two roles let's say and they took away one of them. Well, right. that's not something they were allowed to do, and at the time you absolutely could have said constructive dismissal. But because that didn't happen, you continued working, and here we are, you know, a year and a half or so later. By now, you're considered to have accepted that that change, to accept to have accepted what they did in 2019. So because of that, unfortunately, there's not much that you can do. Uh, you're, you're now considered to be you, you, the, your current role, whatever it is you're doing right, right now, is your role. And, and that old role is kind of gone. And unfortunately, because of the passage of time, there's nothing that you can do about it. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. Darius. Appreciate uh, appreciate you calling in tonight. Uh, thanks a lot. 416-870-6400. That is the way to call through. George, you've been standing by for a few minutes. How are you, pal? Hi. Uh, good evening. Uh, thanks for uh, answering. Yep. Um, you bet. My, my question uh, is uh, I was laid off in uh, late uh, – uh, June um, from a federally regulated company uh, is a temporary layoff. And um, uh, in the provision, the PDF uh, that I was sent uh, there, it said that uh, they had up to the uh, 30th and including that date uh, to recall me of December 2020. Uh, which has elapsed, obviously, and they have not called me back. And um, they laid me off due to shortage of work, uh, which I have uh, discovered uh, uh, was not necessarily a, a shortage of work because they have hired people in my uh, department since my layoff. Uh, and I'm wondering what my recourse could be in that regard. Now, uh, this is not uh, not a union position? It is not. Okay. And how long have you been there, George? Two years. 
two years. Okay, so they actually did not have a right to lay you off temporarily, even even until December. Uh, shortage of work, work of no or no shortage of work, they didn't. As I was saying earlier, an employer does not have an automatic right to lay someone off temporarily. Therefore, you now can treat your employment as being terminated. But because you're federally regulated, you have two options actually, which are really good. Either one, you can choose to get severance. I can help you do that. And depending on your specific role and your age, you could be looking up to six months pay, or you can actually get reinstated. So if you'd rather get reinstated with back pay, you could potentially do that as well. That's something that's only available for federally regulated employees. So either way, what you're in an illegal situation right now. If you want your severance and out of there, no problem. We can potentially also get you reinstated. So, George, I want you to connect with me off air, off of uh, off radio. Let's have a more in-depth discussion. We'll talk about options and, and choose the best one. Now, one question before I do that. Should I uh, reach out to the company in email uh, in some query whether uh, – as to why I have not been called back uh, because that December 30th date has elapsed. No, I don't want you to do anything until we've spoken first, okay? Uh, okay. I, you know, because I, I, I want to make sure we, whatever we do, we preserve your rights. So we may decide ultimately that, that that's a good first step, but I don't want you to do anything until we've actually spoken first. George, appreciate the call and going to move on here. I'm going to leave you the number, though, so you can reach out for sure. Do not hesitate. Don't even think about not doing it. It's 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. John, thank you. You're up next. Good evening. I can't recall the caller's name about, uh, I don't know, about nine minutes ago. <clears throat> he was uh, apparently, forgive me if I'm misusing, uh, if I'm misquoting the man, uh, he was um, not... Um, and I don't, I, mean, I don't blame him for not wanting the vaccination. Considering the first few people in England that got the vaccination, the nurses that ended up um, in critical condition, one of them is still paralyzed. The 40 odd nurses that were also in, in an emergency, uh, critical condition of some sort, really messed up. As well as the PCR test, which renders false. Um, false John, what, what's positive. the question, John? Is there an well, employment question that, coming? Or? Well, it's coming, of course. With all <laughs> that in mind, it's not unreasonable. Under the law, because under the law, as you know, as a lawyer, that you have to be reasonable under the law. If people just presented the facts, which don't appear in our 6 o'clock news on a daily basis, um, uh, how in the world can a customer, as I think you said 10 minutes ago, how can a customer run someone else's company and say, well, I'm not going to work with that, whatever his name was, because he's not vaccinated? His medical information is supposed to be private, personal, and uh, the employer is the employer. The employer can hopefully tell, correct me if I'm wrong, the custody, well, if you don't like it, you can go. Yeah, an employer can say that, and then, but the employer can lose the customer. So if I'm a customer and I give you $10 million of business a year, you know, you probably are going to be hesitant to tell me to go jump in the lake. And if I say, listen, I, I, I want to be safe. I want to make sure my employees are safe. So we only work with uh, companies that can say that their employees have all been vaccinated. You know, if I say that to 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 my to that company, that company is in a difficult situation, and to think that that's not going to happen, I think, is going to be naive. Uh, and just like you may have, uh, you know, at restaurants, people saying, "Well, I'm not going to go eat at a restaurant unless I know," and you can post restaurant that all uh, all employees have been vaccinated. So, 
we're, we're going to have to deal with that dynamic. And to think that that's not going to happen, you know, is, is a bit naive. I think it is going to happen. Uh, but can an employer say, I decided you have to be vaccinated? No, that's not going to be possible. Richard, we've got about a minute left. Uh, what's on your mind, quickly? Uh, yeah, I uh, had a claim with the Labor Board last year, and um, it, I won the claim, but the business went out of business. So I was wondering if I'm able to get that money still. Is that for uh, severance? Is that for unpaid wages? What, what was that for? Uh, well, they hired me as a chef, and they never paid me, and then they went out of business after that. So I went to the I Labor see. Board. So because it's unpaid wages, in other words, you worked and they didn't pay you, you can actually go after the directors of the, the owners of the company personally. So even if the company went out of business, then you can actually uh, get judgment and, and get uh, money from the director. So you want to reach out to me, I can help you do that, but they're liable to you personally. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all the phone calls and correspondence. Going to get out of here for now. Here's how you continue onward. one 821 5900 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website. Always check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Out of here until the weekend. We'll be back uh, on that weekend, as mentioned. Stick around, though. On Point continues. Alex Pearson coming right back. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.